to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. Um, my name is David, and as always, I am joined by the imperious Matt. Hello. Nothing to say about that one. No. No, you I, been I, happy, I, weren't happy with that one? No, I've acknowledged the fact I was imperious a long time ago. <laughs> so, like... Bad news. All right, so um, we're talking about Boomtown today. Yeah, mm. series one, episode 11. Yeah. First we're... aired the 4th of June, 2005. Yeah, so we're getting close to the finale. Yeah. You can always smell it. Hmm. I mean, you, I mean, you can't actually because it's it's just an episode it's... of TV. It doesn't have a scent. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So Boomtown. Boomtown. Okay. Right. So here's the thing. I don't think I watched Boomtown on initial broadcast. Right. I don't know what I would have been doing that week, but I don't. It, it's one of those ones where it's just like when I went back and rewatched series one, I was like, I don't remember this episode, mm. and I don't think it's because it's particularly unmemorable. I think it has enough in it that. I would have remembered it. And I, like you, remember when I was doing that rewatch and I saw that trailer for, for it, I was like, oh my God, it's Slovene. And back then I was actually, I was even more down on uh, the Slovene episodes than I am now. It's, it's taken me a long time to mm. accept that there is some good in those episodes. So I didn't relish the prospect of having one additional episode of Doctor Who that I never heard of, but it's the one where the Slovene come back. <laughs> right, well... <laughs> Just to make you aware of yeah. how I felt. Yes. Now, are we going to, going to go with the usual scale? The usual scale. Yeah. Good, bad. Good with bad. Bad with good. Yeah. No emotional attachment. Yeah. And liked it, but don't really know why. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring yeah. and say this is both bad uh-huh. and no emotional attachment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I I really struggled with this episode. I think yeah. It it suffers from being a sequel. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things I've enjoyed of the episodes so far is building this mythology. If yeah. you think back to the last episode, The Empty Child, it was interesting yeah. in finding out who this child was, yeah. what he is. We yeah. don't get any of that here. No, we we, we, just... we there's still an already a known quantity. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's just like a weak sequel yeah and i think one of okay one of my one of the things i sometimes say about doctor who and i think one of its big strengths is the variety i i liken it to it's like a box of chocolates not everything not everything in that box is going to be your favorite Hmm. you know you're going to have your favorites and ones that you're maybe not so keen on but at the end of the day it's all still chocolate it's all still pretty good um i mean you may feel like the metaphor falls down at I, that I would say this is this is either the coffee or the strawberry cream. Yeah. So, I think that's fair. I yeah, think that's fair. One, it's just the ones I don't like, but yeah. I'll eat when everything else is gone. Exactly. It's out of sheer stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um having said that, having now seen this episode I mean obviously less than some other episodes, but I've probably seen it three times at this point. Um, because I am that there, much there, there is one moment yeah. when we I watched it first time. Yeah, I thought, oh, that's quite good. Yeah, and then approximately thirty seconds later, I just thought, no, it's not. <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll get, get there. To that. Yeah, I would say for what for what it's worth, um, with your scale, I would say bad with good bits. There are there are genuinely there are I think a handful of redeeming qualities in this episode. I, I would say there's we'll, one, but again, they ruin it. Okay, fair dues. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what those moments are. Right. So, so 
it's set six months after World War Three. We're yeah. back on Earth. I say modern yeah. London, 2005 London. I mean, actually, it's Cardiff. It is actually. Yeah. It's Cardiff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. To be pedantic, if only yeah. it had thousands of establishing shots yeah. of London, in so fact, I could determine. Have we have we ever talked about the fact that the? I mean, does it surprise you the fact that they keep coming back to Cardiff? Well, uh, I do know from a little bit of research. Yeah. A lot of it was filmed in Cardiff. Yes. Just because it was cheaper. It, well, it was a BBC Wales production. Right. Part of the the reason that this series was even greenlit in the first place was the fact that BBC Wales wanted something a bit more prestigious. Right. Um, to be producing so up until that point I've been doing a lot of stuff just for Wales and this was an opportunity RTD Welsh writer um, perfectly happy to, to have a production based in Wales and so part of the pitch basically was to the BBC look this is an opportunity for BBC Wales to really flex its muscles and do something that maybe BBC in London doesn't have the budget and the patience is it still to do. Produced by BBC Wales. Yes, it never moves. Never moved production, and it's pretty much keeps BBC Wales afloat at this point. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fair to say. So, so yeah. we're in Cardiff. We're in Cardiff, sorry. and we're in Cardiff because it's cheap. Yeah, basically. it's cheap for them to shoot there. And there is a man who is pleading to stop the plan of an unseen lady. Right. He, yes, she clearly has some intention. He's trying to halt. Okay, and can I say this is the first. One of the few times I really will praise the direction in this episode, I think it's a great opening shot. Mm. Because that opening shot is framed such that you just see the man quite far in the distance, sort of standing in this office, and, and we're just looking through the doorway. Through the doorway, yes. And we gradually pan in. In Have you watched Mad Men? No. no. Mad Men has a bit of a directional tick in that... The end of almost every single episode of Mad Men will have will feature a slow pan either in or out of a doorway. Right. And I think this predates Mad Men by a year or so. But, Probably. But it's doing the same thing, basically. You've got this slow pan into the, the room. I don't know whether we go all the way in. I don't think but, we do at but, first, because... But, yeah, so so basically it means we, we have this unseen figure. We don't know who... Uh, I mean, we do if we've watched the next time trailer. Yeah. But we don't know at this stage who this man is talking to. He's But he's obviously ple- pleading for some project not to go ahead. Yeah. It's revealed the lady he's speaking to is the female Slithy. Yes. From the previous episodes, World War Three. Margaret, and... in inverted yeah. commas. Yeah. It upsets me because Margaret's my mother's name. Oh, no. And I, yeah. I can't work out if the lady that plays Margaret is intentionally doing a good job playing a real bitch of a character, uh-huh. or whether she's just dislikable. I'd it's like tricky, to think it? it's the former. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is... Because I, I did read yeah. when I researched this yeah. episode, one of the reasons she was brought back yeah. is because people really enjoyed her performance in yeah. the first episode. Yeah. So maybe she's just good at... I do think part. she was the standout of the Slovene in mm. those other episodes... And I do think as well... I think she is a better actor than the material she's given yeah. in Doctor Who. Yeah. Case in point, we get the immediate stomach rumble. Yeah. The farting yeah. aliens are back. S- same old gag. Yeah. And she agrees to stop her plans. Yes. Except, joke's on him, because she immediately kills him. Yeah. So they have a little discussion prior to that, mm-hmm. where he says, it's as if somebody wanted it to go wrong and wipe the city from the map. Yeah. Same old Slavine, same old tricks, basically. She's in some kind of office of government, position of power, and is, for some unknown reason, 
wants Do it. to destroy Cardiff. Yeah. We then cut to Mickey, or Ricky, Yeah. in Cardiff, Yeah. and so's the TARDIS. Yes. Now, I just want to pick a little bit of fault here. Yeah. The TARDIS is in Cardiff, Yeah. because it uses the rift to fuel itself. Yeah. That's not acknowledged in the previous episode at all. No. That... They're just in Cardiff. There's, yeah. I think they're just aiming for Cardiff. Yeah. They're not even aiming for Cardiff. They they wanted uh, Venice. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So there's no yeah. prior reason yeah. for this. It's not acknowledged. This it's is just yeah. convenient. This is one of the things that I hate because I mean, will it surprise you if I say that's never referenced again? <laughs> we, we never. We don't have. We this, don't. This is like the come... Reapers all over again. It is. It's yeah. So short sighted. <laughs> it's just like right. We need to be in Cardiff. Here's we'll just, the reasons why. Yeah, we'll we'll just is, kind is of. Is there ever any acknowledgement they need to fuel the TARDIS no, ever again? Never before, never since. I hate the fact that they even imply that the, the TARDIS does run on fuel. Because in my, um, have you ever heard the phrase head cannon? It's commonly used in uh, Doctor Who fandom because if you want to go deep into Doctor Who, sooner or later, it's just a basic survival mechanism. You kind of have to jettison certain parts of established because canon in order to, to to build the version of the show that ideally you think it always should be. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. but it's later on in the episode, Yeah, it's almost acknowledged that the TARDIS is a living, sentient yes. being. Yeah. So, this idea Why of does it fueling... I mean, I guess we have to fuel, we have to eat. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 oh no, I hate it. it also, I, I, I absolutely it hate it. It also doesn't say what a fuel is it's just sort of it's time, just, time yeah, power t- yeah time space energy because there is a rift in space time in Cardiff that nobody notices and oh god no I hate it yeah. I hate it but anyway <laughs> so this is the first time that Jack meets Mickey yeah and they have almost a rivalry immediately yeah sort of for Rose's affection yeah obviously Jack's very charming very yeah. handsome yeah Mickey isn't Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Mickey has his admirers, uh, both in and out of universe. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't come off as particularly graceful in this uh, episode. It's fair to say. And there's a nice explanation at this point when they leave as Mm. to why the TARDIS is a place box. I I quite like that because it was something as a newcomer that was never explained up until this point. No, yeah. I mean, it was the explanation I assumed it was going to be. Uh huh. But But it's nice to have the show acknowledge that at least. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the it can appear to be anything, but its systems are faulty, that's why it remains a police box rather mm-hmm. than a more modern equivalent. Yeah. So we cut back to Margaret, and she is now the Lord Mayor of Cardiff. Yes, yeah. And she's planning to build a power station in the heart of Cardiff. Yes, called Blade Droog. I didn't even have to Google translate <laughs> I mean, I, I did just to be certain. Yeah. But yeah, it's the Bad Wolf Project. Yeah. We'll come back to that a bit later in this episode. Yeah. But yeah. As soon as they said, oh, we've got this project, immediately, mm. I just thought, no prizes for fucking guessing what it's going to be called. <laughs> I mean, they even put it in Welsh, but... Yeah, but even then. I, you I know, knew. You just know. I knew. Yeah. Okay. So there's a journalist starts questioning Margaret. Yes. And she says that this project's cursed. Uh-huh. There's been a number of deaths associated with it. Mm-hmm. The way that it's structured, the reactor will lead to a meltdown. Yeah. 
And the Slitheen says, oh, why, why don't you just come discuss this with me? Right. I swear. So they go into a bathroom. Yeah. Obviously, it's built to a point where you are led to believe that the Slitheen is just simply going to murder this woman. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, not before dropping in some horrific diarrhea sound effects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, yeah. it... it it was weak the first time round, but this really does struggle with yeah. being a poor sequel. It, it does. Just, yeah. It's no good. But then we have this moment, this change of heart when yeah. when the, the you know, the journalist as as everyone does when they're start, when they're talking to a basically a stranger whilst they're shitting their guts out, yeah. you start and talk, unzipping your head yeah. to reveal your, yeah. your alien. Um you you immediately start talking about um how you're pregnant and you know, getting married and yeah. all that stuff. So she just starts dropping all of this in uh, life information. And that that seems to stop the yeah. Slitheen in Saves its her life. Yeah. She has this sort of moment of sympathy. Uh, and it's specifically the revelation that she's not just getting married, but she's also pregnant. So we kind of have this moment where we start to wonder, oh, is there maybe some good in her? We cut from there to the Doctor, Rose, Jack and Mickey. Uh-huh. And they're having a fucking great time. Oh, they are. They, they're like in, hanging in, out in a cafe. In like Pizza Express yeah. or somewhere. And, you know, they're finishing each other's jokes. Yeah. They are great mates. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Doctor just says... I was having such a nice day. Yeah. And so holds that, up a paper. And yeah. we find out that they realise the Slitheen yeah. is the Lord Mayor. Yeah. And that's... It ties nicely to the previous episode where we just find out all the Doctor wants is just to have a good day. Yeah. 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 It, basically, that's the thing. He is, he is a trouble magnet, but it's not like... I think one of the misconceptions that people sometimes have going into Doctor Who is they think maybe he's on some kind of mission... Yeah. Or that he maybe gets, in, he ha, you know has a plan that he's going to go to this place and fix this thing, um, but no, he's he's just a traveller. He's yeah, just he's just like a yeah a conscientious observer yeah. of history. Yeah, exactly. He's essentially a tourist. Yeah, but he's just a supremely unlucky tourist who's yeah. <laughs> used to somehow find trouble wherever he lands. So, so they agree they're going to go stop the Slitheen. Yeah, and. They have a little planning session of how they're going to trap her. Yeah. And the doctor goes to meet with her. Yeah. Okay. And immediately scares her off. Yes. We find out she's climbed out the window. Oh, yeah. I, you know, oh, I don't hate that, like, a lot of the comedy in this episode doesn't land for me, but I don't dislike that moment where he's sort of standing with the with the, res, the sort of press, uh, not press, um, sort of personal assistant sat outside yeah. her office and, you know, he says, oh, just tell her the doctor's here. He goes and does that. And he goes back and says, sorry, she's she's not available. And the doctor says, she's climbing out the window, isn't she? Yeah. I know, that, that moment works for me. It's one of the few moments of humour that does land in this episode, I'd say. Okay, so at this point, there's a little chase scene. Yeah, And I hate this bit. After the extensive planning, uh-huh. Mickey abandons his post. Uh-huh. And we're led to believe... You know, I was cursing Mickey at this point yeah. because his failure meant that she was going to escape. Yeah. But as she does escape, yeah, the Doctor just resummons her. Yeah, because basically she's she's run, runs off and then she's got a little teleport device. Hmm. Um, so she teleports away, and then the Doctor will reverse it with the sonic screwdriver, and all of a sudden, where she was running away from them, all of a sudden she rematerializes and then is running Run towards, towards them, them, and they do that like. Four hundred times. <laughs> it, it's, it's it feels it, like 
isn't it established in previous episodes that in order to teleport you need some sort of material anchor? I think where you're going and where you're from, like Lady Cassandra had the off. I think there. that is a, a particular type of teleportation device. Right. It's, okay. Um, because she, yeah, Margaret in this scene sort of has her jewelry. Yes. That yeah. she takes off, and all of a sudden she can teleport. Yeah. Doesn't really Shrug. explain explain yeah. that. And we find out that she conveniently teleported out of Downing Street. Right. It blew up. Yes. So yeah, but she that, could only save herself. In the previous episodes, yeah. we didn't understand that there was any teleportation involved in the Slitheen. No. Within the last five minutes, yeah. it's like their defining characteristic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We find out that her plan is to blow up the power station. I thought it would be as an act of vengeance mm-hmm. to no. repay humanity for wiping out her family. Yeah. Yeah. But in true. Doctor Who fashion, it's far more convoluted and stupid <laughs> than that. Yeah. So she wants to cause an explosion. Yeah. Which will open the rift. Yeah, hence, t- hence Cardiff. Yeah. And the concussive force will blow her back home using a magical surfboard. <laughs> yeah. And the destruction of Earth is just a byproduct of that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to re emphasise that. <laughs> this large alien. <laughs> Is going to make an explosion to use a magic <laughs> surfboard. It's Doctor Who, isn't it? Yeah. Now, when I said this was a bad episode, we're really getting into it. Here. Yeah. If not, it's it's. I've, I've said before this this podcast we're doing. Sometimes it feels like basically my fandom is on trial, and. I'm not going to lie, it is hard for me to be sat in this seat here, looking at you, and think of any possible justification for the magic surfboard. When when they get the magic surfboard, Jack's like, whoa, cool! (laughs) You know, it all gets a bit saved by the bell. It's like, wow, magic surfboard! And, yeah, yeah, but it's a magic surfboard. Oh, yeah, it's... Am I right in thinking it builds a force field yeah. around the user and, and then she's she going to be projected yeah, like back out into, into space. deep space? And it's dumb, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, well, it's not good writing. No, no. And like I say, if she was just uh, simply blowing up Earth as an act of vengeance, oh, that makes sense. It's that, plausible. Yeah, yeah, that's the path of least resistance. That just yeah. makes perfect sense. But yeah, no. that's that's not the RTD way. No. Right. Yeah. At this point, I want to just get back into this. Yeah. The Doctor acknowledges, for the first time in the series, Bad Wolf. Yes. Yeah. We have this moment, like, the dramatic music plays when he he realises that... It's Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. Okay. And he says, everywhere we go, there's two words following us. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm just going to refer to my notes. Mm -hmm. Episode 2, The Mocks of Balhoon says that the exploding platform is a bad wolf scenario. Uh-huh. Episode three, Gwyneth says to Rose, inside her head, there's the bad wolf. Yep. Episode four, it's the graffiti on the TARDIS. Yep. Episode six, it's Van Staten's helicopter. Yep. Episode seven, it's a TV channel. Mm-hmm. Episode eight, it's written on a poster. Okay? So in huge letters in my notes, I've written, bad wolf is acknowledged. Finally, we're going to get closure on this uh-huh. real irritating point. Yep. Until the doctor just simply says, it's 
probably just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. 11 episodes I've waited for that. And he finally says, yeah, Bad Wolf, that's a thing. No, it's not. Yeah. It's almost as though they're toying with us, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's really annoying. <laughs> so, rather than destroy planet Earth, yeah. the Doctor says, we'll just take you home. Yeah. Okay? It makes a lot more sense. Mm. Obviously, he's not her biggest fan, but it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. But then we find out that she's actually guilty of crimes on... Yeah. I was going to say the Slitheen home planet. It's that Raxacorico Fallopatorius. Yeah. yeah. And she'll be executed on her return. Yes. So she really, really tries guilt tripping them. Mm-hmm. But Mickey really, really wants her dead. <laughs> He's a simple man. He, think, yeah. he believes in simple justice. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you stand? I'm not a big believer in the death penalty. Even if it's an alien that was trying to infiltrate the human race, blow up the planet so they could get shot into space. Okay, look, here's where here's where I stand on stuff like this. We, we, we've been knocking this episode, but this is going to get real right now. Yeah. Okay? We're talking about deep ethical quandaries here. I don't disapprove of uh, violence and self-defence, um, even fatal violence. I don't necessarily disapprove of... War, I think it's it's a it all should always be a last resort, and I don't really approve of people instigating wars and things like that. If there is a known alien threat to our planet, and the simplest solution is to quickly just and quietly kill that alien to stop the threat from happening, fair dues. <laughs> but we're not talking about that in this case. We're talking about someone where taking them home to their home planet is potentially you're just basically handing them over to executioners. Yeah. And in that moment, I would say Margaret potentially almost has a valid point that that in effect you are you're enabling the execution executioners and that in in effect makes you an executioner yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult. I wouldn't like to be somebody's executioner. I wouldn't like to be handing someone over to their death no matter what bad stuff they've done. I would apart from anything else, I don't think the death penalty is effective. I think, why not just um, lock somebody up for life? And if anything, that's a worse punishment. And if you've done really horrible things, I think you should get a punishment, like a punishment, not just an easy way out, effectively. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, there. We go. I, I bet when you clicked on this episode, <laughs> listeners, you weren't expecting, expecting to that. to get my uh, a sort of monologue on my feelings on the death penalty. <laughs> but there you go. What about you? But, uh, I'd kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah no because second thought no no fair dues they, they tried killing her once <coughs> they did yeah so they've just got a mess to sweep up now mm-hmm. so despite Mickey really really wanting her dead yeah. and almost becoming aggressive yeah. in his manner yeah. Rose still really likes him Yeah, says she didn't need to come to get her passport that was her excuse for being in Cardiff Yeah, was all this travelling yeah. She's going to need that, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So she says, sort of, you know, she wanted to come along, invite him yeah. to Cardiff so she could see him. Yeah, just have a bit of a catch-up. The Slovene wants to see consequences of the Doctor's actions. Yeah. And she has a last request, a last meal. She yeah. says, in her time in Cardiff, she's become fond of a certain restaurant. Yeah. She'd like to go there one last time. Yeah. Would you grant her that request? 
I don't know. I'd probably suggest a takeaway. Okay. So you know you can you can keep a in <laughs> you can keep a better eye on her. If if you were yeah. the Slovene, what would your final meal be? If I was a Slovene, well, I don't not know what necessarily. Okay. If you were in that situation, if I was in, if I was in that situation, what would my final meal be? I'd probably go Indian. Uh, I'd probably go vegetable boona, naan, garlic naan. Yeah. Popper dogs and pickle tray. Yeah, of course. Yeah. See, when I, when I thought about this a couple of years ago, um, on my brother's stag do, we went to Prague. Oh yeah. And as you do on a stag do, we went to Hooters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But there. The reason we kept going to Hooters wasn't because it was Hooters, but their boneless chicken wings are so good. <laughs> and it, it irritates me no end that there isn't a Hooters locally where I could have them. Okay, I would walk back to Prague for those wings. They were so good. Wow. Um, so we have this... recommendation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We have a moral quandary where the, the Doctor can sit with a creature... He's essentially sentenced to death. Yeah. But then Jack, simply for purposes of plot development, I assume, has some magical shackles, uh-huh. electrical shackles, mm. where the creature can't move more than 10 feet from the doctor or be electrocuted. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise to us that Jack carries shackles with him, though. Yeah. Should it? Yeah, yeah. based yeah. on some of the revelations <laughs> last episode. So the doctor and Margaret effectively go on a really awkward date together. Yeah. To this restaurant. Yeah. We find out that her Slovene name is Blonde. Mm-hmm. She does give her full Slovene name and... I can't be asked with that. No, it's about three weeks long if yeah. they start, isn't yeah. it? That's, okay. Again, you know, that's RTD just doing his thing. Yeah. He likes making up stupid, long nonsense alien names. So, whilst on the date, she points out the window and says, whilst I lived in Cardiff, that was my flat. Uh-huh. Whilst the doctor turns to look, she spikes his drink. Yeah. Which he immediately switches back. Yeah. And this sort of sets the tone for the scenes to come. It's it's, it's a battle of will. Yeah, they're trying to outmaneuver one one another. They're not here as friends. No. Okay. Because she then says that when threatened, Slovenes can shoot poison darts. Yeah. He just catches it immediately. Yeah. She doesn't like reflexes. She then says that as a last gasp escape, yeah. they can breathe poisonous gas from their lungs, yes. yeah. which he uses a breath yeah. mister yeah. to cancel out. Yeah. That would not work. No. no. Uh, are you going to get a science teacher on me? Are well, you? Un- yeah. Unless he had a component that would neutralise whatever it is that's toxic within this gas. Mm-hmm. All he's got there is nice smelling toxic gas. Yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly what was in that wee bottle, do we? Well, no. I'm, no. I'm, happy, I'm happy to let that one slide. Yeah. Okay, so we, we're we sort of cutting between two dates at this point. We are, yes. Yeah. Nikki and yeah. Rose, and then the Doctor and the Slovene. Yeah. And so with this scene with, with Mickey and Rose, things start to get a bit real for them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. so we find out Mickey has a new girlfriend, mm-hmm. Trisha Delaney. Yeah. She's lost weight. She has lost weight, yeah. Do you know what? The the fact that she's lost weight gives her more character development than like 90% of the cast, doesn't it? Yeah. And and, and that's one of the things where I think like, this is where we see the strengths of Russell T. Davis's writing in a lot of ways. Because you do get those just like, that he's sometimes able to, to throw in little human details 
that say a lot without saying a lot, if yeah. that makes sense. And I think you see a lot of that in this scene. So yeah. So yeah, Mickey's new girlfriend. Yeah. So even though he's got a new girlfriend, he offers to get a hotel room with Rose. Yeah. Now that reoccurring theme of mm-hmm. everything fucks everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's a bit of a bit of a dirty player, isn't he, really? <sighs> Look, humans are complicated, right? Mm. And Mickey isn't going to be the first person in the position of settling for someone when they're still in love with someone else. Hmm. And I don't think he's going to be the last. And I think that's believable. I think it's more believable than if he'd simply moved on from Rose. Because, hmm. I mean, it was a heck of a way to be... Not even dumped. No. It abandoned. was just an inconclusive end, yeah. wasn't it? And and one of the themes of this uh, throughout this... Things throughout this series is that Rose herself is in kind of two minds Mm. uh, about her relationship with Mickey. When she hands the psychic paper back to Jack in the previous episode, it says that she sort of has a boyfriend called Mickey. Mm. So she still thinks of him as kind of her boyfriend, but also kind of not her boyfriend. In Facebook terms, it's complicated. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Margaret explains Slitheen execution. Yeah. Boiled in acid to dissolve the skin. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're essentially turned into soup while still alive. Doesn't sound fun, does it? No, but in the earlier episodes, yeah, where Jackie throws vinegar at them, yeah, that seems like a fatal blow. Yeah, they need to make their minds up. Does, <laughs> does acid kill them or does it dissolve their skin? Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got to be saying that a lot this episode. I, I can't believe in the few months we've been doing this, I put more thought into Doctor Who than any of the writers. <laughs> I can. They're stealing a living. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's license payers' money going on this. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So we cut back to Mickey, and he is angry, but clearly still in love with Rose. Yeah. You know, I think he says at one point, I can't wait the rest of my life for you, but I will. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Yeah. And Rose hears a noise that isn't thunder. Yeah. Cardiff goes bloody mental at this point. So, before we go into that section, because then we're kind of getting into the final act, so I just want to discuss those two scenes that we're intercutting from, and because they, for me, are the redeeming feature of this episode. Right. You've got... So you've got the Doctor and the Slitheen, Margaret, and she's essentially trying to win over the Doctor's sympathy, beg for mercy. And... I forget exactly where, and I'll be honest, my notes ran out because I'd lost my notebook. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I didn't make brilliant notes for this episode. But there is a moment where she kind of establishes that, or or kind of strongly implies that the Doctor is a killer and knows. Mm -hmm. Well, ah, that's it. Yeah, because she, one of the things, one of the sort of arguments she presents is that she let one go, effectively. That that journalist that she spared earlier, she spared the life of, doesn't that make her redeemable? And the Doctor speaks almost from a place of acknowledgement of kind of having had that a similar mindset of like, oh, you let one go for whatever reason because, you know, because they're nice, because... It, it, there's know. quite a nice parallel yeah. between the fact that Margaret is the last of her family yeah. mirroring the fact the Doctor yeah. is the last yeah. of his race. Yeah, exactly. And they are both killers and acknowledge yeah. that in one another. Would yeah. the Doctor eviscerate the Slovene bloodline mm. 
when numerous foes have tried to do the same to him. Yeah, then he kind of counters with with kind of pointing out the fact that she's in a skin suit right now. She, in his t- words, she's begging for mercy from a dead woman's lips. I like that line. It's a good line, isn't it? Yeah. Now, how how come in the first episode? Yeah. Rose of this series. Yeah. He attempts to use diplomatic means to prevent that attack. Yeah. He doesn't hear. He just simply acknowledges she's guilty. She'll be tried as a guilty, I was going to say a guilty woman, but whatever she is. The the theme of this episode mm. is second chances. Mm. You could you could argue Margaret's already had a second chance. She's now begging for a third chance. Mm. You know, she had an opportunity. She escaped the the events of World War Three, and she could have turned over a new leaf and didn't. And, you know, yeah, you could argue it's just an escape plan, but it's an escape plan that's going to kill an awful lot of people. And in fact, when you think about it, it'll probably kill that journalist. That journalist probably lives in Cardiff. Mm. Cardiff's going to get destroyed. She let her go, get away in this particular instance. But if her plan still carries out, it's she's still diff- going to die. It's the difference between manslaughter and murder, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, so we've got all that going on with that, with that scene. Margaret pleading for her second, third, whatever chance, but a, a do-over, yes. another opportunity. Meanwhile, you've got Rose and Mickey facing the potential of maybe are they going to give it another chance? Mm. This this is their this is like the first time since Aliens of London World War Three that they have had time together and an opportunity to reconnect and kind of re you know figure things mm. out. And it looks at one point that maybe that's the direction it's going in, and then it all kind of crumbles into arguments, etc., etc. And so this is the point at which I feel like RTD actually had something to say in this episode. And I don't... And I think we kind of lose sight of that yeah. <laughs> when, when you know, the ground starts cracking and we head into the finale of this so episode. The, the rift is opening yeah. over the TARDIS. Yeah. Time and space are ripping apart. Yeah. We get a big blue light up in the sky. Yeah, this was the time for it, wasn't it? Yeah. This is... I think Transformers yeah. had that. Just about every film. Iron Man yeah. definitely did. You know, um, the, the the Avengers. Yeah. Just big blue light in the sky. Nothing yeah. worse. Yeah. I, I wonder if there was more like one effects company that, that like, I don't know, big blue light is just the name of the company yeah. or something. They're just like, oh, we need a big blue light. Let's hire the big blue light guys. <laughs> okay. So time and space are ripping apart. Yeah. Are we going to see the Reapers? What do you think? Well, I mean, we probably should, right? If, if, you're, doing a, <laughs> if you're doing a greatest hits of this yeah. series, yeah. and you have the exact scenario yeah. by which they yeah. are summoned, yeah. also, when the rift was closed, that sealed away the Gelf. Yeah. They're not acknowledged. No. Nah. They would be pouring through yeah. in their millions or billions, nah. whatever it says. But no, just just quietly move on from Yep. <laughs> right, and somehow the Slitheen is responsible. At this point, I couldn't yeah. really fathom what she'd actually done. They do explain it later. I don't know if... Have you got notes on that? Or so you, you genuinely... They, you haven't got a clue how this... they using the TARDIS rather than an explosion. To yes. She had like a plan B if yeah. the nuclear station didn't work that if the, if the magic surfboard was ever brought near alien technology that it could potentially leech from that alien technology to open the rift. So that's what right. happens when that, they bring the magic that surfboard That leads into, into my TARDIS. next point. Yeah. Right. So the the rift yeah is gaining power from the TARDIS. Uh-huh. 
the TARDIS, yeah. as we know at the start of the episode, is gaining its energy from yeah. the Rift. Yeah. So it's like a sort of feedback loop, effect- effectively. I think we're just going around in a circle. Yeah, and I think it's sort of gradually. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, it's, it's Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we're going to open the Rift. Uh huh. And through all the destruction revealed is the heart of the TARDIS. Yes. Okay. And is this our first proper acknowledgement that the TARDIS is effect, in it effect is, a living yeah. yeah, I didn't thing. know this at this point. Yeah. So is that acknowledged in ye olde Doctor Who? Yeah, casually. Right. And rarely. But right. that's, I mean, you can go all the way back to, I think, the third series or the Edge of Destruction to find examples of the TARDIS effectively being an autonomous thinking not being but uh, entity yeah if you like okay um so yeah and when the heart of the tardis is exposed it's so mesmerizing mm-hmm. that margaret can no longer move yeah and the tardis closes the rift it does that's handy and in doing so margaret regresses back to an egg a Slovene egg. Yes. Okay. So going back to second chances exactly. is the theme. Yeah. You know, the yeah. doctor says, perhaps if this egg is raised by different people, a, a different family. family. Because let's not forget the Slovene is not a race; it's a family. Yeah. And it is just a bunch of bad eggs. Yeah. So maybe this time this egg will be picked up by some good eggs. From there, and I'll have to apologise. It's a while since I watched the episode. No, that's fine. All I've got left in my yeah. notes. In just big letters, is Mickey is pissed off. Yeah. I can't really remember how we leave Mickey um, at this point. He just, he just, you see him staring at a distance from uh, um, at Rose and Jack and uh, the Doctor just filing yes. back into the TARDIS. Um, and the Doctor actually says at that point to Rose, Where's Mickey? Do you want to bring him along? Because we're heading off. That's right. And Rose says, Nah, he's made his choice basically and yeah so it's difficult with Rose and Mickey because it doesn't feel resolved but definitely a short term decision has been made Mickey can't hack it he can't well he's got Trisha Delaney now yeah and she's lost weight so yeah you know all good yeah everything's coming up Mickey okay so (laughs) before we move into the next episode yeah one thing Um, I I was going to ask you yeah is Again, I, I found this a really weak sequel. Yeah. Off the top of your head, are there any other sequels you consider to be weak? Um, what, in terms of other, other media? Yeah. See. You t- tell you what, I'm not that big on Iron Man 2. Okay. That's not exactly a controversial opinion. No, no. I, d- I think it has its moments, though. I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. See, uh, straight away, I think this episode... Is reminiscent of Batman and Robin. Oh god! Just where yeah. it's got these characters. Yeah. Everybody knows what's going on by mm-hmm. now. Let's mm-hmm. just throw in an adventure. Yeah. I don't know if I disliked this more than um, the Unquiet Dead, but this mm. is one of my lower ranking episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Same, same I here. Just... I think I think it has it has those there's a couple of strong emotional scenes in the middle, but. Everything else surrounding it to get us to that point and to get out of that point yeah. 
is pretty darn weak. And, and, and a lot I do of it's get the... nonsensical. I think yeah. that's what I don't like, is that, mm. you know, the plans and the plots it... are just yeah. neither here nor there. There's yeah. a lot more common sense routes yeah. we could have taken to the same end. I get the feeling... It certainly was written to be cheap to make this episode, yeah. you know, because they're, they're shooting it on their doorstep um, I, with, I th- with very little I in think, terms of additional I think when sets I required. was reading up on this episode, originally there'd been another planned episode that had fallen through. Yeah, that, that sounds this familiar. this was put together yeah. at short notice. Yeah, so exactly. It has a bit of a first drafty feel. It definitely feels like it was done once as a cost-saving episode. Yeah, and... Obviously, the next couple of episodes of the series finale. Yeah. So, this is just sort of filler. We don't really learn anything new. The plot doesn't progress. No, it's... It, it's At its best, it's kind of meditative and yeah. thought-provoking. And at its worst, it's just spinning wheels. Mm. And there is more bad than good. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So, next time trailer. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Should we address the elephant in the room? Go on. I, obviously, I don't really watch the next time trailer, so I didn't know what was coming. Having seen it, I am now officially instigating a moratorium on you watching next time trailers because fuck <laughs> me, I'm annoyed with this I, one. I felt like I was the time traveller here. This yeah. is the most 2005 trailer. Oh, God, yeah. We have uh, Big Brother. We do? In it, you know, the peak of its yeah. infamy. Yeah. Davina McCall. Yeah. The Weakest Link. We do. Starring yeah. Robot and Robinson. Yeah. You know, it's got that to look forward to. Yeah. Um, did you also notice that the, the, the uh, where Jack was, Trini and Susanna? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Daleks are back, even and though. This is the goddamn. Why the fuck did they put them in the goddamn next time trailer? I am so annoyed you know, with uh, the BBC. After for that we had our emotional farewell to uh-huh. the Daleks. Doesn't matter, they're back. Yeah. Basically, one thing I've learned through this series is that cliffhangers mean fuck all. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. anytime there's any peril or, uh-huh. you know, oh, the Slovena blown up, we're yeah. never going to see them again. Yeah. And then the only one that is interesting uh-huh. is the Reapers. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're the only ones that are interesting. Yeah. And you think, oh, God, every time something goes wrong, they'll be back. Nope. They don't come back. Nope. <laughs> you know, basically. Anytime someone's never coming back, they definitely are. And then the ones that should be coming back, not only do they not come back, they're just never acknowledged. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So, yeah, but I am genuinely very annoyed because if you didn't know going into that next episode that the Daleks were coming back, that could have been an interesting surprise. And I think when you see it in context, you'll see that that they're introduced in an interesting way. one, one thing but, I am looking forward to, because yeah. the only time we've seen the Daleks so yeah. far... It's that one singular Dalek. that one, yeah. and it's not really that strong. I'm quite yeah. looking forward to seeing them at full force. Yeah, yeah. You know, It'll be interesting. I just wish that hadn't been spoiled for you. Because I do think, when you when you watch it in context, and we'll have a chat about it next episode, I think you'll, you'll understand why I'm quite as annoyed as I am about them just sticking it in the trailer like it's no big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so rant over. We've we've done it. We've we've gotten through. We are yeah. we are fast approaching now. The uh, the finale, two parter. Those parts being titled uh, "Bad Wolf" and "The Parting of the Ways." Right. If there is no 
conclusion <laughs> on this bad wolf bullshit, <laughs> that will be the final episode of this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. man. Okay. If there's no resolution, <laughs> you are no longer welcome in my home. Okay? We'll remain friends, but we will never, ever discuss this again. If that is not conclusively addressed Uh and resolved, Uh I will be absolutely furious. I'll Uh, I'll be like Mickey. uh, Listeners, um, are you as nervous as I am right now? (laughs) And I genuinely mean that. That is the one hook that the show has mm-hmm. left in me. Yeah. Okay. okay. If that is not addressed and resolved, I give up three hours of my week to watch three episodes of Doctor Who this week. Okay? I could have spent that with loved ones. I could have, I could have gone outside and looked at the sky. You know? If that is not addressed, uh-huh. the fact that they had the gall to address it in this episode and then say it's nothing and to call an episode Bad Wolf, yeah. that needs to be addressed. Okay. Yeah, um, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. We bloody so, better. <laughs> all right, well, thanks very much for listening. Um, and uh, join us again next time when we discuss Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. Until then, cheerio. I know. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. Feel free to get in contact with us. Our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.